Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek. Hey, keep it down over there. I'm trying to read. Hello, welcome back to Radio KBPV, the podcast of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, that sometimes occasional podcast. And you're going to be getting a few of these uh, if you are subscribed to our list over the next week or so. You can uh, listen to them, of course, in any order at any time you like. But this is all in promotion of our upcoming 7th Annual Meet the Authors event, which is coming up Friday, November 19th, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Come on out and meet your favorite local authors and warm up with some hot chocolate for the Parade of Lights. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll be, the store will be open until 8 p.m. for autograph book purchases, and you can also look around and, and look at other items for your Christmas shopping. And I should also let you know that we have a high-tech way to access our books as well. We're not exactly Amazon, but if you go to our website, kootenaybrown.ca, uh, you will find our online store where you can f- um, shop online for uh, many of our books and purchases and other things in the store as well and have them shipped out to you if you don't wish to uh, come into the village or if you're uh, shopping from a, a great long distance. So the purpose of these next few episodes of Radio KBPV are going to be interviews Uh, conducted during uh, 2019 and 2021 at previous events with some of our authors that will be returning for the 2021 event. And of course, uh, as we we know, things have been a little bit different this year, but we're going to be back up in uh, Pioneer Place this year. Last year, due to pandemic restrictions and distancing, we had it down in the village. And, but we're back in the cabin as well, uh, the main cabin and the main entry store uh, this year. So everybody will be in one place, but uh, we will have to also still maintain our distancing because we're not out of this thing yet. So uh, without further ado, um, um, introductions to most of these authors will be made during the clip itself so that I can keep this opening tag fairly generic. We'll see you out on Friday, November 19th, and if we don't, we perhaps will see you through the Christmas season at our other events coming up uh, in, the, in December, such as our annual Christmas cookie sale happening on December 5th at the Village throughout the, uh, the morning from, I believe we're opening at 10 a.m. and running until the, the afternoon. And also Christmas in the Village on Saturday, December 11th, running from 10 a.m. to 4. And a few odd uh, crafting opportunities and courses that will also be offered in that week between the 5th and the 11th. Without further ado, here are our authors, and have a great Christmas season. Finally, on our review for authors of the uh, Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village Country Store, we're going to talk to Joey Ambrosi of the Frank Slide Interpretive Center. Now, I'm not sure what Joey's position is over at the center, or what his title is called, but it probably should be called uh, Master of Everything. 
Uh, he can do anything from talk to you about uh, trails and mountains and the history of Frank Slide to writing comic books. And first we'll talk about his trail guide, uh, which is a complete hiking and guidebook with spectacular Rocky Mountains of uh, southwest Alberta and southeast British Columbia. And it's just full of maps and trail descriptions, photographs, elevation graphs even, even sorry, which will uh, give you a, up to 170 great hikes, uh, ranging from the easy nature walks to the, the rugged ones where you throw on a backpack and you're out there for days. And on the comics, he, uh, along with the uh, outgoing manager of Frank Slide, Monica Field, Joey has written a series of, I believe he's up to seven comic books, and they're shooting for eight right now. And uh, they were also, as in uh, Pete Brower's comic books, um, illustrated by Jean-Claude St. Aubiens, who has a, a wide uh, experience throughout the comic book history. And so they're an impressive array of books uh, to tell their stories of the history of the Crow's Nest Pass uh, with sequential art. And they have things like uh, Black Beauty, which is a dinosaur story about a skeleton that was found in the past. And they also have uh, Canada's Worst Mine Disaster, the story of the Hillcrest uh, disaster, a shootout at the Bellevue Cafe, another shooting, the, the shooting of Constable Lawson, uh, a book, two books on the, uh, the Frank Slide history itself, I Survived the Frank Slide. And Big Charlie and the Frank Slide, the horse that uh, also seemed to have survived that disaster. And the latest one they have come out with is the mystery of the lost lemon mine. So lots of exciting tales to, uh, to, to pique the imagination. And it's suitable for young readers or old. Um, they don't, they, uh, Joey doesn't spare the horses on these, uh, on these comic books or, or any of the detail as well. So let's just uh, talk to Joey himself. Hey, Joey. All right. Okay, we're here with Joey Ambrosi. <laughs> Good thing you had it on the book. My, I blanked there for a second. Joey is with the Frank Slide. And if you don't know what the Frank Slide is, well, I just don't know what to say about you. So, um,. Joey's just very, very good at talking about himself, so I'm going to let him talk about himself and what sort of a book offerings he has, and um, they're very similar to what uh, Pete Brower had in, in some ways, and he's also got some other expertise. So I'll let him talk about what he does with Frank Slide and the sort of books he has here. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about myself, but I will talk about some of the publications that we do up at the Frank Slide Center. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a hiking guide that's been very popular, the Southern Rockies Trail Guide that covers all the trails from Waterton up through Castle, Pincher Creek, Crow's Nest, all the way up the Old Man, um, Livingston, and then over on the BC side into Fernie, Sparwood, um, all those areas. So it's a really good uh, hiking guide if you're planning to get out. I know with all the COVID this year, there was a lot of people on the trails this year. And hopefully um, you can get out there next year. So if you come down to the museum, I know they have a few books there. In addition to books on the Frank Slide itself, one of the most popular items we've done over the last few years is a series of comic books, and we're up to seven comics now, and they started off with ones like I've Survived the Frank Slide and Charlie the Horse, the horse that got trapped inside the Frank Slide, 
And then we went on to ones about the Bellevue mine disaster, which is still Canada's worst mine disaster. And it's about a little girl whose father got caught inside. And then we went to the shooting of Constable Lawson during um, Prohibition times with Emperor Pick. And then we had the Bellevue Cafe shootout, which was some fellows who robbed a train and came into Bellevue and then had a shootout with the police. Then we had one on Black Beauty, which is a dinosaur found in the Crow's Nest River. And our latest uh, edition is The Legend of the Lost Lemon Mine, which is a great story, mostly legend, not a lot of truth, but it's a very, very good story that's been around for about 150 years now, I think it's been around, and the uh, comic gives you the whole story, so there's all kinds of good reading material. In addition, if you're in the area, if you're in Pincher Creek area, you'd want to come on over to the Crow's Nest Pass, the Frank Slide of 1903, where about 90 people were killed is still there and pretty obvious. we got the big center at the top of the hill. We'll tell you all the stories about the Frank Slide. So if you're in the area, make sure you drop by. Okay, I was just going to talk to you a little bit about the lost lemon. Um, I sure milked this story here at Kootenay Brown. And in fact, uh, we built a sluice over here and a, a rocker. So in our school programs, I do have kids... Um, Looking through the sluice, and I explained to them how the sluice works, and it comes usually gravel that we would get out of the creek, and I actually have an old sink that I've covered up that you don't, can no longer tell it's a sink anymore, and that's our creek. So they basically can take a pan full and, get, get, and go over to the sluice and play with it, and they usually have some treasures, and I won't tell you how I do that. They can usually spot my games, but uh, at any rate, they go home with a gold-colored rock at some point. So, yes, I certainly do milk it, and uh, the thing about the gold is uh, across the West, that was the thing that uh, that signaled a lot of settlement, be it in Montana, Colorado, California especially, and, and just across the mountains from us over in B.C. So, I guess uh, on this lost lemon thing, and here in Pincher Creek, we also know about Bill Lee, who came out here and lost some, one of a particular tool in the creek. And uh, they decided to name it after him. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the allure of gold and uh, how hot the the hunt was and why the lost lemon endures so much. Because I've heard in Alberta all the gold is thousands of feet down. Yeah, there's some interesting stories and there's been newspaper articles over the last 120 years that talk about it. And there's people who say they know about it, and people say they know somebody who knows about it, and there's maps about it. Um, the basic story, when you, if you read the comic, you'll get it, is there was supposedly two uh, miners looking for gold, had gone up to Fort Edmonton looking for gold on the North Saskatchewan, didn't find anything, came down, went in, supposedly found uh, the mother load, and one guy didn't want the other guy getting it, and so some bad things happened. But so supposedly there was a, fellow, a couple of fellows from the Morley Reserve, and uh, they were down in the area, and they saw the, the murder take place, and they went back, told their chief, and he told them to go back and cover up anything so nobody would ever find it again. So that's the, the gist of the story. And then the one guy went down and kind of went crazy because he had killed his partner, but they kept sending him back with other people to try and find it. He could never find it. My theory is that uh, there was two guys that went up into the uh, mountains of southwest Alberta, and they actually... It's not very far to go over, and you're over in Fort Steele where they had um, real um, gold mining over there and gold rushes over there. And I think there were a couple of guys who went over and bonked a few uh, miners on their head with 
take the gold, would come back to Alberta, well, what Northwest Territories then, and down into Montana and with a handful of gold and say, hey, we found this, we got our big mine, you want to invest in our mine? And they'd, they'd take their money and they'd go back again and bonk somebody else on the head, come back with the gold. Because they're, geologically, the Alberta side of the mountains, there shouldn't be any gold at the surface anywhere, but it's not very far over on the BC side and you do hit gold. So it's a great story, but it's a legend. <laughs> yeah, there's more lost than lemon to it. When I drive by, well, here and home every day, I drive by the old site of Fort Kip. And uh, one of the legends is one of the people who knew where the body was buried. We always have these things, who knows where the body was buried. And this man who did the burial apparently stopped by Fort Kip, got a drink, had a little too much to drink, and he's down there in Fort Kip still and never, ever told the tale. So you have that in the book you just pointed it to me so so i guess the whole point of the thing is uh it's out there it's under a mountain we just don't know which mountain or which locality could be at high river could be at banff could be in the crow's nest pass could be in the livingstons who knows but uh that's why we have legends and i i hope we never find it yeah, I'll just point out on all our comic books, they're historically accurate. When we talk about the Frank Slide, we got all the details and the shootouts and the finding of the dinosaur. However, the legend of the Lost Simon Mine, we made sure we put in the title. This is the legend of the Lost Simon Mine, where the other ones are actual stories based on historical fact. This has got a few facts in it, but again, it's a legend, but it, they're all good. As they say in Liberty Valance, always print the legend. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess I wanted to chat a little bit. Uh, our author is somebody I've been talked out earlier today with Pete Brower and his March on Fort Whoop Up comic, and that's uh, J.C. St. Alban. Is he also doing the, the Lost Lemon Mine one as well? Yeah, he did all the, all the illustrations for all seven of our comics, and we have one more coming up about the Bellevue Mine disaster where 31 men died in there, including one of the rescuers who they refer to as the Hosmer hero. So he does all the, uh, we do the basic story, give him the information. I do stick figures <laughs> the way I want it, and then he draws them the way he's supposed to, and then it comes back to me and I do the colorizing, and then we put it in print. But to make it a series, we're going to have eight comics. And the main theme in every Frank slide, or sorry, every Crow's Nest comic is that something or somebody dies. So that's, <laughs> and the, uh, the next one will be no different. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, Joey. And uh, yes, and you can, of course, get these at the Frank slide and here at Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. And I think uh, there will be signed by yourself and or Monica, uh, the copies of that at both sites as well. Absolutely. I should say Monica Field, who is also... Field is retired. No. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. I get to act. I'm All right. Acting, acting like okay, you're, you're, the new, you're the new Monica. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, you bet. I'm really loud, Gord, so I'm not going to need that. All right. Uh, my name is Joey Ambrosia. I work at the uh, Frank Slide Interpretive Center, and I've worked on a number of projects there from hiking books to comic books to a new game about coal mining. But I want to just read a little piece from a book that we reprinted and uh, did a second edition of by William Kerr, a geologist in the Crow's Nest Pass. <clears throat> so it says, was a baby named Frankie Slide the only survivor? 
The most appealing and enduring myth associated with the Frank Slide is the story of Frankie Slide, a baby who lived in one of the houses that was destroyed, and how she alone somehow escaped unharmed. No one is quite sure who found her, how she was saved, or where she was found, but there's plenty of stories. It's been said that she was found on a rock, on a bale of hay, in her crib, in an attic, on a pile of debris, under the roof of a house, and in her dead mother's arms. Reports stated that this baby was the only survivor of the Frank Slide. Local people did not know her name, and therefore she acquired the name Frankie Slide. The story was told and retold so many times, it became a legend, and a song was written about her. The truth is that there were several very young girls, as well as older children, who survived the Frank Slide. Many of the people who escaped from the row of cottages in the path of the Rock Slide were children, and their neighbors knew exactly who these children were. So if you want to know more about the Frank Slide, we have an excellent book on that. Wonderful.